Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning, everybody, and Happy New Year's Eve. we got a, a full show for you lined up today. We're going to, I'll talk about that in a minute, but New Year's Eve is uh, just a great time. We're starting another chapter in our lives, and, uh, you know, we've all come out of a pretty challenging time over the years with COVID over the last few years, and we're starting to see more public interaction and almost getting back to more normalcy in our lives, and it's a good time to think about that this New Year's Eve. And, you know, if you got some outdoor gear for Christmas this year, find somebody to share that experience with, whether it's a child, a sibling, a spouse, a significant other, or just a good friend. Get out in the outdoors together and share it because you'll create memories that are unparalleled by any other activity you can do. Uh, whether it's hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, all those activities will just really create bonds and memories that are so special. And speaking of that hiking, we're going to talk about some special hiking going on tomorrow, later on in the show. But we have a lot of ice fishing to cover today. We're going to take you up and down the metro area, uh, front range of Colorado. The weather got cold. We got some fishable ice here. This room, It got a couple warm days, but now we're cool again. We should have some good fishing. And some of the bigger mountain lakes like Granby, and Blue Mesa are starting to really fish and produce, so we're going to take you up there. we got a lot to cover. Chad Lachance will join us in the uh, second hour, and we're going to talk about our roles and what we're going to cover and do at the International Sportsman's Exposition. But speaking of the International Sportsman's Exposition, joining us from ISE this morning is John Kirk. Good morning, John. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I am uh, excellent. Uh, looking, it, it's a good, like you say in your intro. It's uh, it's nice to look forward and um, you know before you get into doing it all, um, take a moment. And we're about to start our show season, so um, it's a lot to get done. And uh, but it's a good time to reflect on the past and to look ahead and hope that we do much better. And thanks for COVID declining, um, we should. Yeah, and I want to get into what we're planning and how different things will be in the last couple of years. But before that, I understand it's your birthday tomorrow. What, are you going to be about 25? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right right around there, Terry. Just like, what are you? Uh, you're 24, aren't you? Yes, I've been doing radio for 25 years, and I'm barely 30 years old, so that'll tell you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, it's a well, happy, happy birthday tomorrow, so you can do a dual celebration. You have a... Our, uh, our best wishes for you. But let's talk. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, things have certainly been different for the sports show scene. That's for sure. Um, we didn't have one for one year because of COVID. Then we had a delayed one that happened uh, in the spring here. And we're finally getting back to maybe the normal feel, the normal time of the year. <clears throat> and I sense when I'm out in the public, and I did a little bit in the spring when the show was on, that people are just hungry for interaction. They they don't want to just see it on their computer screen. They want to go and, and meet with people and talk to people and enjoy that, especially kind of in this off-season where a lot of outdoor activities aren't quite as prevalent. They want to have an outdoor feel. 
And hopefully we're going to try to bring them that at the International Sportsman's Exposition this year. You agree? I 100% agree. And I think also what you said in the beginning is um, being outdoors with friends, with family, um, is unlike any other experience. And, and I think you and I were chatting before, and it, it's natural, it's real, um, it just resonates in every part of your being. And uh, for me, it just you don't have to think about it. You're just happier. And, uh, I mean, that's why I say I have an incredible job because, you know, our, our company, we get to lead people to the outdoors and help them be more successful and enjoy it more. And there really, there aren't many things that you can do that, that are better than that. Now this year, the show is going to be January 12th through the 15th, I believe. That's and right. And it's back close to the area where traditionally it's been. Traditionally, it's been in January. It has moved in January a little bit. What's going to be different yet on this show? And then let's get into what's going to be there. First, let's talk. People are used to coming. There's a little difference. in. It's at the convention center, but a little difference there, right? That's right, and that's a good thing. I mean, many people have been to the show for, for decades. Um, and the show's been around, by the way, for 40 five years. So, you know, we're talking about second and third generations coming to it. We started at Kurgan Hall, moved over to the convention center and had been in halls uh, D, E and F. And then construction caused us to be in just two of those halls and construction once again has moved us to the other side of the facility into halls B and C. Um, so just people be aware. And, and the other thing, just a heads up, um, you know, parking's tough downtown, um, and uh, it's hard sometimes to find spaces. It's hard to find to park your cars. I mean, you can certainly find lots to do that, but I would encourage your listeners to think about using um, your regional transport, which is relatively inexpensive. You can park at a lot nearby and then just take the train to the convention center, get off, enjoy yourself, and then get on the train and go back home not worry about having, uh, you know, to find a parking space or parking downtown. And that will make the show far more enjoyable if you can do that. So I just want to uh, encourage people to think about it. That's a great tip. Now, the show, um, obviously, we came back last spring, and the show was not quite as large as it had been, partly, partly because of the construction, partly because people were still recovering from COVID. What are we going to expect to see this time, John? Yeah. Um, it, I mean, we, we believe in saying what's on, uh, what's in the show. And last year the show was only two of three halls. And that was actually, that worked because in a post COVID, it was hard to get a lot of the companies that are travel based to come to the show because they literally couldn't travel and consumers, your listeners couldn't go to those places because they couldn't travel. So this year we're in two halls again. And we have more exhibitors than we had last year, but we are not yet to where we have been. Uh, next year, we're going to go to the three halls where we've been, and we hope to continue growing the show back to where it was. But we have many, several hundreds of exhibitors. We have a lot more travel-related companies this time than we had last year, including uh, the best selection, the largest selection of folks from Africa that we've ever had. Not sure why, but... Um, if people ever want to consider going to an a to Africa for a hunt or for a photo safari, this is the year to, to research it. Um, I mean, we have the same features in the show that we had last year. 
Um, but we've got a bunch of new people coming in. Uh, we have a couple of new contests, uh, actually bringing back contests that we did pre COVID that now we can do them again. So I think the show is returning to where it used to be what people loved. Um, but I want them to know that it's not yet where it was. Um, and if anyone uh, wants to shop or uh, consider what the show would be before they go, I encourage them to go to our website. We have all of the seminar speakers there with the bios and the pictures. Uh, we have the exhibitor list current up there so you can say who's going to be at the show. We have a floor plan so you can kind of plan your way through the new floor because it's different. They're used to finding so somebody at a certain spot. They, they're they not going to be at that spot because we're not in that hall. So, um, you know, people prepare yourself and, and just look at the website and, and you're still going to have a great time. It just It's going to be a bit different. Tell, let's tell people about some of the features, both the ones that are uh, have been there, that stayed, and a few that have come back. Why don't you kind of highlight some of those features? Sure. Well, I think, uh, I mean, the, typically the most popular had been the fishing theater, and um, that's partly because you host it and because you and Karen help bring the best people about the best topics at the right time to the theater. And uh, those the, those people who are on the stage are the experts in Colorado, and that's because you, you work with them and you talk to them. And uh, people can find the greatest education about fishing the quickest from talking to the experts at the fishing theater. Well, we have an adventure theater, too, and that's where we talk about hunting all the time. Uh, and um, we have local experts there, too, on virtually every species, and, and we'll have some new ones this year. We have um, a sporting dog arena, um, and, and that's where people can see uh, a variety of dogs and learning about hunting dogs and training techniques, as well as some fun things, too. We have uh, a giant casting pond where we cast conventionally as well as fly fishing. Um, and and uh, that's going to host two contests. One, the combo casting contest, contest which involves fly and conventional casters, uh, several of whom are um, on your show. And then we have uh, the return of the best of the West distance casting competition, and that's where um, it's on Sunday. It takes place all day Sunday for qualifications and such. And that's where the guys throw 100, 120 feet. And even though you don't you almost never have to do that in fly fishing, um, you know, it, it's still very popular to see. These are like the uh, professional athletes doing it. Um, and then the, the theater that uh, I'm probably most proud of just because it's, it's something new and it's growing and it serves the needs of lots of folks who are new to Colorado, as well as those who have been to the, in the state, but perhaps um, didn't come to the show because they they weren't in, they didn't fish or hunt or didn't do it very often. Our campfire theater uh, is all about getting outdoors in Colorado, but not to fish or hunt. So it's to camp, it's to hike, it's to use your RV, it's to go up get outdoors with your family, um, and it focuses on the gear you'll need, the time. Um, the year when you should go for depending on what you want to do, where to go because so many spots are now uh, overcrowded. Um, and these are the experts who are based in Colorado who have who do this as a way of life, who write about it, uh, have written books. Um, and, and, and once again, um, they're the experts and know what's going on. And then um, we don't really have presentations, but 
uh, the Colorado Outdoor Pavilion is a location where we work with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and this is where they bring their experts. And so if people are interested in doing really anything outdoors in Colorado, the starting place is to find out what you can do and what's available. And the folks at CPW are the experts who create and maintain and enhance those places. And they're there and you can talk to them face to face and get your answers and get your information and, uh, you know, then decide what you want to do after that. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm just excited. It's, it, I can't believe it's just less than two weeks away and we're going to be there. Another thing that excites me a lot is something we started a, a few years ago and that's our, fa- our focus on the family on Sunday. Now for you, it's a great time to bring kids and family any day you can go. But on Sunday, we tailor our seminars a little bit more to beginning and children fishing. And thanks to the people at uh, Lou's Reels and Eagle Claw and ISE, um, somewhere between 60 and 70 kids are going to leave with a rod and or a tackle box free that day. Um, we'll get more details as we get closer, but I can't say enough to those companies stepping up and getting these kids involved and other beginning anglers. So there's just going to be a lot of reasons to go on multiple days even, John. Yeah, I think so. And, and typically what happens if your listeners haven't been or been in a while, you know, typically the folks who are super serious come on Thursday or Friday because there tends to be fewer people um, and that's when you get to spend the most time talking to the lodges and the resorts or looking at the products. Um, and then on the weekend, it's kind of family time, and that's when more people tend to come and to enjoy the features and, and just have a good time. Um, and because of that, Sunday is the perfect day um, to, to do this outstanding event that you and Karen have created, and we're so very pleased and proud to promote. And thanks to the sponsors again for helping to get kids uh, the gear they need, good gear, to go outdoors and, and, and fish. John, we are running out of time. Any last-minute comments? I would, uh, again, uh, thank you for, for um, helping us and for providing the stuff. And have people go to sportsexpos.com and then choose the Denver show and plan your visit. See what we have to offer. If you have questions, go on to Facebook. Sports Expos and uh, ask questions and, and I'll be the one answering them. And um, we're here 24-7 to help you have a great, uh, a great show. All right, my friend. I'm looking forward to seeing you and happy birthday again. And you have a great New Year's Eve and enjoy yourself and be safe. You too, Terry. Thank you very much. You bet. John Kirk from um, the International Sportsman's Exposition. In fact, during this show, I'm going to give away some tickets. In fact, I'm going to give away two tickets right now. To whoever texts on the text line at 303-713-1043 and tells me the name of the fairly new theater at the show that John is so proud of. There's a newer theater. We have the Adventure Theater. We have the Fishing Theater. But there's a third. Whoever texts that to the fan text line is going to win two tickets to the International Sportsman's Expo. We're going to take a quick time out, and then we're going to take you up to Blue Mesa Reservoir and find out how the ice fishing is on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, and we're going to go right through the phones, and joining us from the Blue Mesa area is Andy Cochran. Good morning, Andy. 
Hey, good morning, Terry. How's it going? You know, it's going well. We were just talking to John Kirk, and we're pretty excited. We're less than two weeks away from the ISE show, and you're going to be part of that show. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I've been coming to that show for a long, long time as part of Gene Taylor Sporting Goods. We bring one of the biggest retail booths up to that show. Um, you guys have been helping me out, too, getting me in, in front of more people up there to talk fishing, too, so I'm really looking forward to this trip. Well, and you're going to be not only on the stage, but I believe you're going to be in what we call the experts corner too, which we didn't cover with John. And that's a more of a small group gathers around and you get to address them almost one-on-one. -on -one. So that's a feature too, that we really brought in a couple of years ago that I love. I think it adds, it adds to the experience, doesn't it? Yeah. I was going to mention that experts corner is kind of an overlooked thing. As you go through the schedule of events, I think that's a really good chance for people that come to the show to get a little more one-on-one -on -one time with some of the pros that are going to be there. So many different topics up for discussion, but like everybody, we, we might go in there with a topic that we're going to cover and we'll certainly answer all your questions, but we just want to talk fishing all day. So we're happy to do it. Yeah, it's a blast. Let's talk about where you're at though. Ice fishing is uh we got some ice on the front range here in the last cold spell, and I've been out fishing uh, some of the lower elevation lakes, but sometimes the bigger lakes take a little longer to firm up, and Blue Mesa is one of those. What's the status of the ice at Blue Mesa right now? Sure. So from the inlet headed west through the canyon to Elk Creek Marina is all fishable ice. We've been out there for about three weeks now fishing that, which is about on time. But from Elk Creek Marina to the dam is usually the area of the lake that takes a lot longer to freeze. Um, we're starting to see some new skim ice out by the Red Creek Islands area in the mouth of Savoia Creek and the middle bridge, but nothing that anybody's willing to venture out onto yet. So we're still a little early for the big west end to be frozen. I imagine historically that's, end of January, 1st of February, which we seem to be pretty much on pace for that. Now, how is the fishing going on Blue Mesa right now? Uh, you're, you're not quite out to some of those bigger, deeper haunts, so are you concentrating more like on rainbows and browns, or are you seeing some lake trout? What's happening? Yeah, this upper end of the lake can be kind of a surprise of what you're going to catch every time you go out. There's a giant mix of fish that get in this upper end of the lake that's frozen now. So fishermen can go out and catch perch, rainbows, browns, lake trout, kokanee salmon, kind of at any given time. Generally speaking, though, the trophy-sized lake trout do live in those deeper haunts out west where that stuff's just not quite frozen yet, but there are always a few exceptions that wander up into this little bit shallower end. And there were, when that first froze up a couple weeks ago, there were seven lake trout over 30 inches caught under that new ice in that section around the lake that's going to be where the ice addiction tournament's going to be here in a couple weeks. So there's always a chance for a trophy lake trout anywhere on this lake. Yeah, you were telling me a few days ago that where the ice addiction tournament's going to be up there, it's really been producing a lot of rainbows and browns, and you think it's going to be a high catch rate tournament. 
Yeah, I think the timing and the location again this year for that tournament's going to be pretty exceptional. I think Blue Mesa usually holds the record for the most fish weighed in on any of those tournaments. So your chances of winning that big prize, and it's $7,500 cash, all you got to do is weigh one fish and win a bunch of money. So this tournament on this lake gives every angler that shows up an equal chance to do that. There's been fishermen around that course area for the last couple weeks and literally pulling every species in the lake out of there so sky's the limit this year for that tournament those guys are going to be really excited to come a couple of things i want to touch base while we still have time one you mentioned the perch perch were illegally introduced into blue mesa a few years ago and you guys have been catching them in the summer but they have seemed to disappear in the winter that seems to be not the case this year is that right that's correct. We saw a little bit last year with this low water level, but that really seems to be the case this year that the, for whatever reason, this winter, the perch are really keying in on shallow habitat, which they haven't done in years past. So there's been a lot of anglers going out to Blue Mesa and catching buckets of perch this winter, which is a, a welcome sight. They seem to be right now from like that 15 to 25 foot water range on pretty much any kind of transition type areas where gravel meets sand or big rocks meet the gravel, any kind of transition type areas in that 15 to 25 foot range are holding a lot of perch. And along with that, the average size of the perch has also really gone up the last couple of years. So you don't have to sort through as many four and five inches to get those ones that you want to keep and take home and fillet. So things are, and they are fishing-wise looking up for perch. They are so good to eat. A couple of things I want to touch on real quick, Wade. We have about two, three minutes left. One is the water level of Blue Mesa. How is that holding up? So we are about 12, a little over 12 feet higher than this time last year. So we do have more water than we've had. Um, they do have the water releases shut down for the water year, so we're gaining a couple inches a day of water level, and that'll kind of be the case as we go through the winter. So things are looking up, and I was going to mention, too, I've, I've shoveled snow three times this morning already. We woke up to about four inches of snow overnight, and it's coming down hard, and it's supposed to for the next three days. So getting a lot of moisture, which we are so glad to have right now. Uh, along those lines, too, Blue Mesa is a big lake. Are they able to get snow machines and ATVs out yet? Yeah, good question. A couple of weeks ago, we had a lot of wind, which actually removed a lot of that snow cover, made it pretty slick. But these recent storms have put a good layer of traction back on top of that ice. So it's not too deep for any four-wheeler or side-by-side, -side, so you're good to go with those. And at the same time, there's enough loose snow on there to run a snowmobile without burning up your high facts or getting it too hot. So pretty much every machine is a go right now. And on the trout, you said the trout fishing has been really good for the rainbows. Is there size to those rainbows and browns? So been fishing this lake for over 20 years now and cannot recall a time in the past where the rainbow fishing has been as good as it is now as far as numbers and size. So your spot on there, that's going to be one of your most highly caught fish in this lake, no matter where you go. And it's so worth your time because now the average is bigger than we've seen before and the health is better than we've seen before. So 
expect to catch rainbows on this lake and a lot of them and a lot of really nice ones. All right. And last thing, Taylor Reservoir is up in that area. What's happening there? Sure, so a lot of snow at Taylor Reservoir, so you want to be prepared for that. But the crew that's running the Taylor Park Marina now is opening up the road down to the marina and to the shoreline every weekend, and they'll be open. So it's a good place to check their Facebook page or call the Taylor Park Marina for real current updates. But one thing we always caution with that lake is it historically gets a lot of slush pockets out in the middle of the lake, so... Use a lot of caution when you're out on that lake on a snowmobile. Try to stay towards the edges as you start to get out in the middle. You can start running into these. So the ice underneath is thick enough to be on, but it, it settles with all this big snow, and they get pockets of slush, and so you can run into some problems with machines on the middle of that lake. That's really the only thing to caution. But as far as the fishing goes, there's plenty of ice. Um, the guys at the marina are up there on the weekends. They're open, selling bait and tackle, and they always have really good current ice conditions. Taylor Park Marina. All right, my friend, we have to uh, we have to run. But if people want to get a hold of you to book a guide trip or they want more information, how do they do that? Yeah, find us at gsofishing.com or that's at gsofishing on any of your social media sites, and we are. Glad to answer any ice condition questions, take you out on an ice fishing trip, anything we can do to help, we're here to do that. And I am definitely looking forward to seeing you all here in a couple weeks up in Denver. Yep, we'll see you at the ISE show, my friend, and you have a good, happy New Year's. You have a good New Year's Eve and a safe one. Happy New Year. Go Broncos. All right. That's Andy Cochran from GSO Fishing. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to take you uh, and tell you about some places you could spend tomorrow, maybe walking off a few of those calories you're going to have tonight on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, uh, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. By the way, we had a question on pheasant hunting that came in on the text line. I don't have time in this segment, but later on in the second hour, I'll grab a couple minutes to talk about that. Uh, there is some opportunity. It can be challenging, but there is some opportunity. Right now, let's go to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is uh, Jamie Goins. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning. And where are you calling us from? Um, I'm calling you from Longmont, Colorado. Okay, so you're pretty much the same weather as I am. I wasn't sure if you were on the front range or not, but you're going to talk about some activities that are happening all over the state and, in fact, nationally. And it's probably something that I should take part in because I know this time of the year I tend to uh, overindulge and under-exercise, and I think that happens to a lot of us, doesn't it? Yes, I am definitely with you there, but this is a way to kind of start the year off with a little exercise. Now, this is a national movement that actually um, had gone away for a while for COVID, and it's coming back. Why don't you tell us what it is and tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, of course. So it's called First Day Hikes, and it's a program started um, in 1992, actually, in Massachusetts, and then became like a nationwide thing about 10 years ago. Um, so it's run by America State Parks, and... Um, 
the goal for it was originally to encourage people to get outside um, on the new year. And definitely, so the past couple years, COVID, it was canceled due to COVID. So they're bringing it back to try to start to return to normal again. And in Colorado specifically, we have 23 state parks participating um, throughout the Front Range and on the eastern and western slopes. So it's a, it's a huge program, and we have a lot of people excited to get out again this year. And, you know, people were doing outside activities even during COVID. They felt a little more secure, but we are getting back to a more normal lifestyle. I think we've accepted that there's some COVID's going to be around, but that we need to lead our lives. And people are hungry for that interaction with other people. And uh, this is one that's a great one to get out, even if you're still a little hesitant. And just get out and, you know, sometimes the hardest thing getting started, we all make New Year's resolutions, but just getting a little motivation to get out there and enjoying it keeps you going sometime. Uh, Are there a lot of parks in Colorado that are going to be participating and are there special events at some of these parks? Yeah, so there were a few I wanted to highlight for everyone in different areas of the state. So, um, like I mentioned before, we have 23 participating and um, a couple of those are Mueller State Park which is doing a forest bathing hike with a forest therapy guide, um, like de-stressing, quieting the mind. And then Steamboat Lake State Park is doing a guided snowshoe hike. You have James and Rob Colorado River doing a self-guided scavenger hunt, so great for kids as well. And then Cheyenne Mountain has a bunch of different hike options, ranging from easy to difficult. And we'll also have our first day hunt involved. So there's a lot of different options, different experiences at each of the parks. Majority of them do have like a couple different hikes if you want something a little easier on your first day out or if you want something a little more difficult starting the new year. Um, But yeah, so a lot of different options for whatever people are interested in or want to try on the new year. Mm -hmm. And I didn't mention before, this is on New Year's Day. It's on New Year's Day. It's tomorrow, first day hike. And are there, yeah. is there a central location maybe on the website where they can go get information? Yeah, so there's two websites. You can go straight to our cpw.state.co.us website and um, look up first day hikes, or it is on the state parks website under special programs. So those are both great options to look into for what you're looking for and also Some of them do have registration required, so you'll have to register through our calendar on that website. And some of them you can just show up. Some of them need registration. What about the cost? Other than getting into the park, a parks pass, is there any cost to many of these? They are free besides the parks pass, so no additional cost. Okay, so with the number of parks participating, I would think that there's probably something close to almost anybody listening, right? Yeah, there's all over kind of the state, even if you're out east, North Sterling is doing something, so there's a lot of options. All right, well, it sounds like a great way. I know that um, I'm not the most best behaved uh, over the holiday season, although I did get out and do a couple ice fishing trips, that, and I've been trying to work out more, but sometimes just getting with other people, first of all, it just makes for an enjoyable experience, but it gives you that motivation, and even it might make some great new friends, too. Exactly. Yeah. Great way. All right. Give us the websites one more time. Yes. You can go to cpw.state.co.us 
And then in the search engine, just put first day hikes and it'll pop up. And then the other website you can go to is www.stateparks.org. Special programs. All right, Jamie. Thank you so much. Hopefully lots of people. This is tomorrow, folks. New Year. Get out there and do this first day hike. Get outdoors. The weather's going to be fairly decent, I think. Get outside and have a good time. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much. Yeah, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you for joining us. Before we go to this break, I want to address the person that called about the pheasant hunting. Uh, pheasant hunting in Colorado has been a little challenging this year. We have, didn't get the recruitment of of uh, hatch that we did in the years past. So last year, this year's maybe a little better than last year, and there's still birds to be had. But, you know, the season east of I-25 runs till the 31st of January, and I, would, um, I wouldn't hesitate to get out. First, you're going to get out. You're going to have some fun. You're going to enjoy the outdoors. Another reason, a lot of the hunting has died off, and the birds maybe aren't quite as spooky. And once we get snow on the ground, it takes away a lot of that crunchy walking, so you're able to approach birds quite a bit easier. The other thing it does when we get this winter weather, especially after the cold we've had in the snow, is it tends to bunch the birds up, and they stick a little tighter to their habitat. So what I would do, I would go and go into some of the walk-in access areas, especially some of the uh, conservation corners that are on that, or go to a, if, you, if you're not afraid to knock on a farmer's door and ask, a lot of times they don't mind if you hunt this time of the year, the crops are all in. But I would not spend, if you're not seeing birds or if you're not able to move some birds around, I would say go to another area because it's going to be spotty. There's either going to be birds or not, and spending a lot of time where you're not seeing them will be counterproductive. It's going to take some work, but if you're willing to get out there and work that habitat, you can get closer to these birds right now, and they'll be bunched up. So if you do find them, should give you multiple opportunities. I hope that helps. We probably won't cover pheasant hunting too much more this year, but we always do earlier in the fall, so always tune in. And you can go listen to some of the podcasts on uh, 104.3 The Fan and go to my page and go back and listen to the Ed Gorman podcast. He's the biologist in charge of managing those programs. And he came on uh, early November, I believe it was. So go take a listen to that. We are, uh, we are going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to take you up to the Granby area where things are starting to pop. On Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. If you're stranded all alone, you can count on me to get you home. I'll be your shelter. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 1043 The Fan. Count that uh, little bumper music you heard was from Wickstrom and Dober's uh, release of their EP. It was this time last year, right around the first of the year, we released it. In fact, it came out December 29th. They hit the streaming services January 3rd. So it's kind of a year since our. But we just released a new single. Uh, we'll get that copy of that over to the station so we can bumper you in. It's called The Music Lives Forever, but go search Wickstrom and Dobrith and just give us a listen. We'd appreciate it. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from the Granby area, we's with the Fishing with Bernie group, Dan Shannon. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Terry. Is, how's the weather up in the Granby area? Oh, snowy. We got uh, somewhere between eight inches and a foot last night. So uh, you've got plenty of uh, snow and plenty. You've had plenty of cold weather. How are the ice conditions? So we've got good conditions out on Williams Fork and Grand Lake. Um, like Williams Fork, we're looking at at least a good con- consistent eight inches on most of the lake. 
And then uh, Grand Lake, you're looking at between six and eight inches on, on most of the lake with the typical open water spots. Uh, lake Granby is uh, still kind of dragging its feet and uh, kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. It's, I was out this morning when I got some fresh conditions on it. It's three to four inches in the places that I checked. Um, with a lot of snow, it's very heavy and, and laid into a lot of water on top of the ice and slushy. So um, the, the snow we've got kind of slowed things down out there. Seeing a lot of people out with foot traffic out there, but not seeing any machines out yet on Granby. Yeah, that's flush with this snow, but hopefully we'll get some cold weather. Usually around this time, we get some fairly significant nighttime temperatures and firms that up. I would think that's going to happen. What's happening? Like, I know you've been fishing Grand Lake and you've been fishing Shadow and Williams Fork. What's happening on those lakes? So the bite on Grand Lake right now has been excellent. Uh, we're really, really uh, doing well early in the morning from about sunrise until about 10 a.m. Uh, fishing rainbows and browns up in the shallows. It's been a it's been a really solid bite for us. That one's it's super fun because you're we're fishing sub eight feet of water and you're drilling holes and we're basically sight fishing uh, in a dark tent and it's a it's been a great bite, a lot, lot of fun. Well, I'll tell you what, I was up at the Red Feathers area uh, earlier this year with my grandson. We were fishing out of a fish trap shelter, which I know you're part of the ice team, and uh, he was just enamored. We were only in about six feet of water. And he could lean over, and he could see fish even outside of the cone of my electronics. So he was seeing those fish and changing his presentation, watching them react. It's that's quite an educational experience and a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's an absolute blast. I really do enjoy when that bite happens early in the season, and it's a uh, it's it's been a good one to start. And you know the trout. We're we're going to talk about the lake trout in a minute, but the trout up in your area, the the rainbows and the browns are really, I mean, we talk about the lake trout so much when we talk to you guys because you can get these monster fish and then there can be numbers of the smaller fish. But the rainbows and browns are as good probably as almost anywhere in the state. But we, because we talk about the others so much, I think they get overlooked sometimes. I agree. And, you know, this year we've actually been getting into some of the larger rainbows. We've catching well, some of those uh, fish look like they come out of South Park. Well, 16 to 18-inch rainbows just right there, right up in Grand Lake, a short walk off the shore. So, you know, it is definitely an overlooked bite, and uh, you know, it's it's an absolute. That it's one of that's one of the best. It's best and super fun this time of year. So, well, I would think right now on Granby, even um, you may not want to take a machine out, but if you've got in the next few days, if you got four or five inches of good ice, you really want to check under that snow. That's the difficulty because you want to make sure you've got good ice. But you probably wouldn't have to get very far out on Granby to start getting into some of those rainbows and browns. Oh, absolutely not. You know, you get back in the Rapaho Bay, it parts of the lake back there, and get up off some of those rocky shorelines, and the browns tuck right up in the rocks. And that's another that's another fun bite that's kind of overlooked as well with the, the number of lake trout up here. Everybody kind of focuses on that but you know there's definitely a good bite for rainbows and browns as well so once we do get some firm ice and a little more mobility on granby are you looking for a pretty good ice here yeah it's starting out to be great um seeing lots of lots of reports from people out walking catching some really good fish uh the little bit that i've done out there we've had some really good really really it's been pretty i mean I say it's typical because the fish haven't been hit for the last month. So it's been a really good bite, and I really do enjoy the early part of the season. I'm looking forward to being able to get the machines out. 
Yeah, are you thinking both numbers and big fish, and do you approach them differently when you're chasing those? Oh, absolutely. The start of the season, you know, once we can once we can ride and get the mobility, it's, it really helps us put together a pattern. But uh, big fish, we're starting to we'll we'll start shallow and kind of work our way out, so we pattern where they're at. Um, the ice has been on longer than usual. Um, it just hasn't been growing, so it might change things a little bit. But uh, we'll we'll still look for those big fish up shallow first and see what happens, and then we'll start. We'll bump out for the like, 40 to 60 feet is typically where we start when we're looking numbers fish on some of the some of the points and and humps that are out there in in, in the bays and find out where all those nice shrimp are concentrating. Any presentations you could recommend both for the big and small uh, Lakers and for the rainbows and browns, anything that we're seeing, what kind of works for you? So for rainbows and browns, we've been using a lot of the, the small tungstens uh, tipped with some of the microplastics or silky. Um, and I've really been doing well with the, well, the tungsten bullfly. Uh, I think VMC makes that. That's been a real good one for the rainbows and browns for us. Uh, as far as Lakers, we're going to, uh, a lot of smaller plastics and twisty tail grubs is looking for, for numbers fish. So uh, I like to start with the darker colors and kind of work my way light from there. Um, uh, you can't, you can't beat just a good old classic twisty tail, typical small piece of sucker. And then for the larger fish, definitely up that presentation, get up in that six to eight inch too. uh, really stir things up on the bottom. And as far as colors, I, I'm a big fan of the natural colors, so I don't really get real wild with a lot of, lot of dark, dark greens, uh, grays, whites, kind of anything that you naturally see in the water is where I start and then dial it in from there. You know, I'm a big fan of the natural colors too, because I think in Colorado, fish get fairly pressured no matter where they are. And those natural colors just don't give off a negative signal that helps keep in. You know, another thing when I come up, I know it's fun to hunt big fish and I've caught Lakers up to 30 pounds and things, but when that numbers bite is going on when you're ice fishing and you're catching those 16 to 20 inches and you can take a couple for the pan. Uh, sometimes I almost look for that because I'm out on the ice, the constant action. It's almost more fun. Now, not that I'm against catching big fish. I'm certainly not, but it's when you can get that numbers bite, it just, it gets fun and the time goes by so quick. It makes for a great day out there, doesn't it? Oh, it sure does. And, you know, those numbers, lake trout in general are light biters, so you're so focused on detecting all the light bites that, man, you'll start out at 7 a.m., glance down at your clock, and next thing you know, it's 2 p.m. already, and you've just had an absolute blast of a day. So it goes quick. And if you do catch a big fish, no matter where you're fishing, we recommend you put that back, keep those genetics in the lake. But there are, I mean, tell people the size of some of the lake trout you do catch out there. Yeah, we've been we've pulled fish forty two inches, pushing thirty pounds through the ice at times out of Granby, um, and Grand Lake and William Shark, honestly. Um all all three of those fish very well for large fish and there's definitely potential for some for some uh two trophies to come out of there. So if people wanna come up, um if they I know you guys keep track of the lake, if they wanna check out information to see what's going, or if they wanna book a trip with you guys, how do they do that, Dan? Go check us out on Facebook. I've been putting up weekly ice reports. I'll have a fresh one up on Granby here later today with some pictures and what I saw when I was out wandering around in the slush. But you can get us on Facebook at Fishing with Bernie um, or on our website, fishingwithbernie.com. Or, you know, always give me a call and I'll let you know what I'm seeing, 303-956-304. All right, my friend, you have a great New Year's Eve. Be safe and be happy and hopefully a great New Year. 
Hey, you as well, Terry. All right. Thanks, Dan. Dan Shannon, Fishing with Bernie. Hey, I'll tell you what, if you want to get a feel for what the ice fishing at Granby is like, um, go to the uh, Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube, our YouTube channel. And we have uh, two or three ice fishing trips that we filmed up on Granby, uh, both fishing for uh, numbers of fish. Well, we fished for numbers of fish, I think, in both times. But we did catch a couple in the 10, 12-pound range, too, while we were up there. It'll give you a feel for what it's like up there. And it's just one of the great fishing experiences in this state. We're going to take a time out, and we come back. Uh, speaking of great fishing experiences, one of the great fishermen in the state's going to join us, Nate Zielinski, after this time out on 104.3 The Fan.